Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, church. You know, nowadays, all of us have a smartphone in our hands and taking beautiful pictures is really quite accessible. As we take more and more photos, we would have realized that a good framing of a photo makes a great difference. A good framing makes a picture aesthetically pleasing. That's why I found myself taking pictures, not just like this, but sometimes like this, or bending here and there just to get a good framing. Because at the end of the day, a good framing focuses on the object that we are trying to capture and makes it multi-dimensional. Therefore, in 2024, the preaching team decided to give us, all of us, a good framing for the book of Leviticus so that we can appreciate and focus on this amazing book. So there are four sides of the frame that I'd like to introduce to you through the picture here. One side of the frame Pastor Kai introduced that to us, and that is law. A second side of the frame that we are diving in today is on covenant. Next two Sundays, we will be covering tabernacle and exodus. These four sides of the frame will help us to appreciate, focus, understand the book of Leviticus. So let us do a quick recap of what Pastor Kai shared last Sunday. Pastor Kai shared that God's people were in bondage. And it was truly, purely by God's grace that they were delivered out of Egypt. The Exodus event was marked by God's grace. After the deliverance, the Exodus, God led them to Mount Sinai. And it was in Mount Sinai that God revealed to them the law. God did not give them the law pre-Exodus. It wasn't that God's people managed to fulfill at least our obligation and therefore God delivered them. No. It was purely by God's grace that they were delivered. The law was only given post-Exodus at Mount Sinai. Because the content of the book of Leviticus is mainly revealed in Mount Sinai, where they stayed there for one year. So it's important for us to dive into Exodus 19 when they first arrived at Mount Sinai. So today we are covering Exodus 19 and let us do a reading from verses 1 to 5 from the ESV version. This is what it says. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. In Exodus 19, we get glimpses of the frame, the four sides of the frame, just in Exodus 19. Some of you might be wondering, where in Exodus 19? If you look in verse 4, you can see how God reminded them of what He did for them, delivering them out of Egypt. 
So that is one side of the frame, Exodus. In verse 5, God reminded them to obey my voice, my law. That's the second side of the frame. And God also told them in verse 5, keep my covenant. That's the third side of the frame. Right now, some of you may be wondering, where is tabernacle in Exodus 19? So let me quickly summarize the rest of Exodus 19 to you. That's where we find tabernacle. If you remember, in the Mount Sinai, only Moses can assess the most holy place of Mount Sinai, which is the summit. Aaron and the elders can assess the mountain, but not to the most holy place, the summit. The rest of God's people are to dwell before the mountain, at the foot of the mountain, and that represents the outer court of the tabernacle. That means the Mount Sinai foreshadows the highly structured division of the tabernacle. In other words, the structure of the tabernacle is patterned after the Mount Sinai. So just in Exodus 19, you can see four sides of the frame for us to appreciate the book of Leviticus. So before we dive in to read the Word of God, let us pray. Father, we give thanks to you for your Word in our hands this morning. May you grant us your Spirit, not just be hearers, but doers of your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, let us deepen our covenant relationship with God by remembering God's gracious gift of salvation to us and also by obeying God's commandments. Let us go to the first point of today's sermon. Go deeper in your covenant relationship with God by remembering His gracious gift of salvation to you. Let us read verses 3 and 4 again. Let's dive into verse 3. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. It is in verse 4 that the Lord delivers the famous eagle wings speech. And this metaphor of being carried on the eagle's wings sends a picture of the love, the compassion, the protection, the strength, the watchfulness of God over His people. Therefore, when we read the book of Leviticus for the rest of the year, it should not be read through a legalistic lens of list of do's and don'ts. It should be read with a lens of God's love on how He carried them on eagle's wings out of Egypt into His promised land. We must read the book of Leviticus not just through a lens of God's love, but also God's faithfulness. Because God delivered them from Egypt by His grace because of the covenant He made with His servant, Abraham. It was due to the Abrahamic covenant that God wanted to be faithful to the covenant and He delivered them purely by His grace. The Abrahamic covenant is known as a unilateral covenant, which means when God made the covenant with His people back then, it was considered a unilateral covenant, which means no conditions imposed on God's people. God Himself will keep the covenant He made with His people. He will be faithful. Therefore, they didn't need to do anything. It was purely by God's grace they were delivered out of Egypt. That was a unilateral covenant. It is said that the Exodus is about God's keeping a promise He made to Abraham. What is about to transpire on Mount Sinai is not a new covenant, but a continuation and a deepening of an existing covenant. The covenant God made with Israel's ancestors long ago. Hence, the giving of the law does not represent an initiation of God's relationship with His people, but a heightening of that relationship. 
today, God wants us to deepen, heighten that covenant relationship with Him by remembering His gracious gift of salvation to us. He heightened, deepened that relationship right after the Exodus by calling God's people, remember how I delivered you by my grace, how I bore you on eagle's wings. He wanted to deepen that firstly by calling them to remember His salvation. And today, God wants us to remember the gift of salvation that He's given to us. Most of us are in a new covenant relationship with God, ushered in by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In this new covenant relationship, we receive it by grace as well. It is said in Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9, For it is by grace we have been saved, through faith, and it is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. My question to all of us this morning is this, do you remember the day that you received Christ? When was it? How many years ago was that? Can you remember it right now? Do you still experience the joy of your salvation? I remember my two friends, one from secondary school, one from JC. They were persistently reaching me for Christ. And there was another friend from my JC classmate who would come to my house during school holidays and I think tong I opened the door and then he would say, uh, Sharon, do you have time? Can I share the gospel with you? And then guess what I did? I said, sorry, no time. Then I slammed the door. I look back on those friends, the stories, the, the journey that I've come so far with them, I realize, wow, it is really by God's grace that He sent so many people to reach out to me. And each time I recall His gracious gift of salvation to me, I am inspired to reach someone for Christ. Reaching someone for Christ, loving someone into the kingdom of God, is not because I have to do it. It's because I'm just so warmed by the gift of salvation He has given to me. My question to all of you is this. Do you remember the day that you received Christ? Do you still experience the joy of your salvation? Some of us may have started our discipleship journey by grace, but somewhere down the road, you are trying to finish it by your own strength and efforts. Somewhere down the road, you no longer want to be carried by the eagle's wings. You want to fly on your own, do things your own way, you're not involving God in any of your decision-making process. Whatever that is started by grace cannot be finished by works or efforts. Today, God is calling some of you, come back to your first love. Remember how He has caught you from darkness into His marvellous light. He wants you to be with Jesus. Come back to Him. If this is you, you can say a simple prayer right now in your heart. Jesus, can you restore to me the joy of my salvation? Can you help me to recall how you have saved me from darkness into your light? Say that simple prayer in your heart right now. He hears your prayer and He will not only answer, but surpass your prayers. If you look at verse 4 again, you can see well, God reminding them before giving them the law. He reminded them, remember, you were saved by my grace, bearing you on the eagle's wings. So sometimes when you see a verse like that, wow, a metaphor of being carried by the eagle, not all of you can feel love. Not all of you can see the metaphor of being carried on by the eagle. Not all of you can feel the love, the protection, the strength of your heavenly father. Some of you, when you see the metaphor of an eagle, you feel that your heavenly father is constantly trying to catch you like the eagle catching the chicks, 
you don't feel that the eagle is trying to protect you. Some of you may not have a loving perception of your Heavenly Father. You feel that He's always out to catch you, rebuke you, shame you, abandon you, reject you. And looking at a verse like that, you can't quite connect it in your heart. And if this is you, I want to lovingly encourage you, go deeper. In 2024, go deeper in your covenant relationship. Ask Him to help you to see God like never before. I want to encourage you to join us in the freedom in Christ that your senior pastors and the rest of the pastors are lovingly encouraging you. You may not be in cell group or maybe you are in cell group. Do it together because when you go through a freedom in Christ journey together, you may be surprised how God can rewire your perception of your Heavenly Father, how you can feel the love, the compassion, the protection of the eagle carrying you all these years. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, first point of today's sermon reminds us, go deeper. Don't go through motion in 2024. Ask God to help you to remember His gift of salvation to you. God did that before He gave the law to His people. He called His people to remember how they were carried by the eagle's wings. Today, let us do that as well. The second point of today's sermon is to deepen, heighten the covenant relationship by obeying God's commandments. Let us go on to read verses 4 to 8, and this is what it says. If you yourself have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and caught the elders of the people and said before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. You know, the destiny of God's people is to be a treasured possession, royal priesthood, holy nation. But there is one condition. And that is to do all that the Lord has commanded them. This is one condition that God is imposing right now in the covenant relationship. Remember, before the Exodus event, the covenant relationship with God was considered unilateral, meaning no conditions imposed on God's people, God will deliver them purely by grace. But after the Egypt event, in order to deepen, heighten that relationship, God imposed conditions on them list of obligations so as to deepen that relationship. So it becomes a bilateral covenant where both parties must do and keep the covenant. Imposing conditions and the list of obligations is considered normal in that setting, that era. And let us read this. It is said that the covenant made between God and the Israelites has features that resemble ancient Near Eastern vassal treaties, especially those of the second millennium BC. Such treaties formalize a special relationship between two parties, one strong and one weak. The treaty sets out lists of obligations that the suzerain demanded of the vassal. Imposing conditions, obligations is considered normal in order to form a covenant relationship. Imposing the law is to deepen and heighten and strengthen the covenant relationship God wanted to establish with His people. It's not a contract. There's a difference between contract and covenant. 
the covenant relationship cannot be entered in a playful manner. Just like a marriage covenant, you can't just marry someone because you like the person. You need to know the importance of that relationship. God is a covenant-keeping God, and God wants His people to be a covenant-keeping people as well. And that's why today God is asking us, deepen that covenant relationship. Keep your covenant with God. Heighten that relationship by obeying God's commandments in your life. My brothers and sisters in Christ, today we are not bound by the OT covenant, the old covenant. We are not required to wow, fulfill the OT law in the book of Leviticus to a certain extent. Sometimes when we look at a passage like that, we feel, oh, that doesn't apply to us. We are in the new covenant. Yes and no. You know, when Jesus came, he fulfilled the OT law, accomplished all righteousness. He ushered in the new covenant through the blood and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are in a new covenant relationship, but it doesn't mean we have no obligations. It doesn't mean we just have a free access to heaven, a free pass to heaven, a free access to God, and we live however we want. No, we have obligation. There are commandments that we need to obey as his children. Jesus says in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39, Jesus says this, You shall love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus also says in John chapter 13, 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I've loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So today, let us deepen our covenant relationship with God by obeying God's commandments to love Him and to love one another. But the humble truth is this. Most of our faith are becoming more individualistic in nature. It's often just me, my Bible, and my God. There's a lack of a communal love for one another. Sometimes when we call the church to join a small group, a cell group, sometimes we feel that oh, joining a cell group to love one another is such a waste of time. It's such a waste of time to love and support one another. And those of us who are in cell group, CG, even attending the CG, we feel that, hey, we're not so committed to love one another in the CG, isn't it? In this season, your CG leaders are leading you to sign the CG covenant. Some of you have gone through that. A CG covenant is something that we all process as a CG in, the, in January of the year to say that, hey, we shall covenant to love God and to love one another. Sometimes some CGs are not even doing that because you're wondering, ah, oh, what's the point of doing it, you know? That's a wonderful place to do it because when you sign that together in the beginning of the year, you are processing as a journey to say, hey, how can we do better as a CG? What did we not do right last year? How can we do better to love God and to love one another in this CG community? Maybe sometimes in a cell group, you feel that there's a lack of commitment to love one another. Maybe, maybe it's due to conflicts and misunderstandings that have not been resolved over the years. To love one another, one practical thing that we can all do, or some of us can do, is to learn to resolve conflicts in your spiritual family. When one comes to you and says, hey, I feel that there's something not right. Is there something that I've offended you? Don't be quick to say, ah, no, it's okay, nothing, and then sweep it under the carpet. 
as Asians, most of us would just sweep it under the carpet. But in 2024, if we truly want to love one another, let us go deeper to resolve some of the conflicts and misunderstandings that we're never quite able to air it out. When you approach the person to love one another, it could be, hey, in 2024, I really want to love you deeper. There's something that I would like to clarify with you. Can you give me some time that we talk about it and pray about it? It sounds a bit strange because we never quite learned it from our parents, isn't it? Sometimes when we see our parents in our childhood experience, they keep arms length from certain relatives that don't like or come to Chinese New Year, certain relatives they just avoid. We don't quite learn it from our childhood experience. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are a new creation. We can ask God, Holy Spirit, to teach us to love in a very practical way, to go deeper, not only through conflicts and misunderstandings, but to make your relationship deeper than before, especially going through pain with someone in your cell group, in your mentoring group. You know, sometimes when somebody shares in a spiritual family, going through a difficult season of life, and then the rest of us sit there and just say, okay, okay, I'll pray for you. Then it just ends there, you know. Who can agree with me? You just not. It feels a bit strange, right? You share your painful journey and then it just ends there. Okay, okay, we pray for you. You know, sometimes when your friend shares something deep with you, your friend is also watching how deep you want to love and support him or her. Follow up with a phone call, with a WhatsApp. Follow up with a meal. Maybe one month later, date this friend and say, hey, that day in cell group or in mentoring time, you shared about this. How is the situation? Learn to hold tensions in spiritual family. Holding tensions means you withhold judgment, withhold solutioning and comments. Just lend a listening ear, a safe space. That's how you can love someone in a spiritual family. I learned it the hard way. When my friends used to tell me their pain, I started to give them solutions and comments. In the end, I lost friends. We, we all have that experience, you know. Because at the end of the day, when our friends share with us their ups and downs, they're not exactly looking for comments or solutioning. They're looking for a safe space. And if you really want to deepen your covenant relationship with God, to love God and to love one another, let us do better in resolving conflict, misunderstandings, and journeying with someone who is going through a very challenging season in life. Let us go deeper to obey God's commandments, to love God and love one another, especially for those who are married. By a show of hands, if you are married, can you just wave? Whoa, many of us here. Thank you so much. If you really want to deepen your covenant relationship with God, you cannot run away from your marriage covenant with your spouse. Loving one another and loving God, they're interconnected. The more you love your CG, the more you love your spouse, it will impact your covenant relationship with God because it's intertwined, interconnected. And right now, I want to lovingly speak to those who are married. Go deeper in your marriage covenant with one another. Ask God to help you to recall how he has brought both of you together, how you have gone through thick and thin. Ask God to help you to recall all the memories that you have gone through in life. You didn't come so far to give up here. Let me repeat again. You didn't come so far to go through motion here. Go deeper in your marriage covenant with God, with God and with one another, with your spouse. Don't look at greener pastures. 
The pasture is green on the other side because you are looking from here, from afar. When you walk a bit closer, you will see worms, dirty soil, weeds. It's no longer green. Let me tell you a story. Many years ago, when one of my sons, he was only maybe four or five years old, he said this to me one day, Mama, when I grow up, I want to marry a wife just like you. And then the father said, you don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> Such a cruel reply for the husband. But it's so true, you know, because my son is looking for me from outside, thinking that I'm a perfect wife. No, only my husband, who has gone through so many years with me, he knows my bad habits, he knows my chao kwan, and he's still enduring me all these years, and we are happily married for 21 years. Praise God to that. <laughs> many more years to come. But I want to encourage you, don't give up here. Go deeper. Husband and wife, have an honest conversation after the sermon, during the week, and to just share, hey, how can we go deeper in our marriage covenant? How can I love you in a way that you can receive love? As I review 2023, I realized that there's something I can change in 2024, and that is my tone to my husband. You know, sometimes as mothers, when we talk to our children, our tone can be quite instructive, quite top down and then when I talk to my husband I cannot quite switch that tone too quickly and then I talk to him with the same voice the same tone and instructive and top down so I review 2023 and I realized hey I can do better I was just sharing with Felix I feel that my tone in 23 wasn't loving I want to do better to learn to switch when I talk to you so review things like that don't sweep things under the carpet don't have unspoken needs and expectations. Bring it out. You have been married for so many years. What is something that you can't talk about? Go deeper. Go deeper not only by yourselves, go deeper as a community. Last year, on my wedding anniversary, a good friend sent me a gift. And she signed off, blessed anniversary, I'm rooting for you, cheering for you, praying for you. When I received the gift, I felt so encouraged, you know, that a friend bothers to ask me and wish me and give me a gift just to encourage us in our marriage covenant together. And I want to encourage those of you who are married, when you have one or two, three couple friends that are close enough with you, come together and encourage each other to finish well. Don't just be by yourself, journeying this by yourself. You know, when a friend gets married, right, we attend a wedding ceremony and then we give an ampao, give a gift, sign off a note and then that's it. We're out of the person's life. We don't like ask, hey, how's your married life? How can I pray for you? No, you know. But why can't we do that? We can. We can't do that with everybody. But certainly, if you're married, you have two or three married couples that you can always meet three, four times a year to just celebrate each other's wedding anniversary and to just cheer each other. Don't just finish well by yourself. We finish well together as a spiritual family, to honour our marriage covenant, to love one another and to love God. And that's how we can deepen our covenant relationship in 2024. Today in the text, God calls us to deepen our covenant relationship. He calls us to remember how He has delivered the people out of Egypt. And likewise, we must do that as well. In the second point of the sermon, God calls us not only remember but deepen that relationship by obeying His commandments to love God and be intentionally loving one another. And when you keep doing that, when you keep deepening, heightening that covenant relationship, what do you see? You see on the slide, you see us becoming kingdom of priests. You see us becoming treasured possession, kingdom of priests and holy 
nation. First Peter 2.9 also says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who caught you out of darkness into his marvellous light. When I look at 1 Peter 2.9, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, wow, that sounds 50,000 feet high concept. Like, how, what does it look like? How does it actually look like, you know, on an everyday life? It looks like us shining brightly like stars in the sky. When we keep deepening our covenant relationship with God, pointing others, loving others, we point others to Jesus. We rise up as his royal priesthood, sharing the gospel with the people around us. We keep inviting our friends to church. We keep serving in church so that people may walk in to know Jesus. So it looks like a picture of what happened last Christmas. I'm going to show you what happened last Christmas. Last Christmas, many of you invited friends. Not all came, but many friends came for our adults' English Christmas outreach. And many prayed to receive Christ as well. They not only came, but they came with their children. And because they came with their children when they went for the TNG services, many kids prayed to receive Christ as well. You can also see some of you inviting your ama, akong, auntie, uncle to Mandarin Hawkins services. And many of you participated in a migrant Christmas service. You wrap presents, you put it in bitu, basement papat, and many of you were serving in that. And so many migrant workers came. At the end of Christmas, the whole Christmas season, 1,093 newcomers came and 180 prayed to receive Christ. Let's give Jesus a big clap for that. When you deepen your covenant relationship, you rise up at his priest. You shine brightly for Jesus. At the end of the day, what does it look like? You can see many people walking into the kingdom of God. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, take your faith seriously in 2024. Don't cruise through another year. Deepen your covenant relationship with God. He didn't save you for nothing. He saved you so that you may glorify Him and love one another. As I come to a close, you will realize that actually none of us are able to do it. God's people didn't do it. God gave them a list of obligations and law and they couldn't meet it. And that's why they landed themselves in exile, which we covered last year in the book of Daniel. God's people couldn't do it. We are not going to make it. And that's why Jesus came. He finished all the work. He fulfilled all the Old Testament law, achieved all righteousness. He ushered in the new covenant to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in this new covenant relationship with God, Jesus says, run to him, he will empower us. Run to him, he will help us. Jesus has promised that he will give us a new heart. Put his spirit in us so that we may love him and love one another so that the world may know that we are his disciples. Let us pray. Can I invite you to just rise and spend some time standing in the presence of God. God wants you to take your faith seriously in 2024. Deepen, heighten the covenant relationship. He didn't save you for nothing. He wants you to love Him and love one another. Let us respond to God with this song and I'll be back to lead us to pray together.
before eyes close, I want to speak to a group of my brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a stirring in your heart. You want to go deeper. You want to go deeper. Some of you want to come back to Jesus, your first love. You want to be with Him, stay with Him. You don't want to have anything standing between you and Jesus. You want to love Him with all your heart, soul and mind. You want to love the people around you. You want to bring your covenant, your marriage covenant deeper than ever. If this is you with all eyes closed, I want to invite you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to bless you. Father, you see the hands of my brothers and sisters raising high up to you, saying that by our strength, we can't do this. We can't finish well. We desperately need your strength, your grace, your empowerment. And today we come to Jesus who has promised that you will give us a new heart. You will put a spirit in us that you will empower us to love you and the people around us. So right now, may you empower them in the name of Jesus. Empower them. Some of my brothers and sisters here, God is asking you to let go of something that is hindering you and God, that is hindering this covenant relationship with God. Let it go. Let it go in the name of Jesus. It will only leave you high but dry at the same time. It's not worth giving up that covenant relationship with God. Make that choice to let it go. Keep running to Him. He will empower you. He will strengthen you. You may put your hands down right now and allow me to speak to some of our friends here. You're not a believer of Christ, but today there's a stirring in your heart. You know by yourself you cannot fulfill the law. You cannot be righteous by your own efforts. You want your sins to be forgiven, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You want to believe Jesus who died for you on the cross. If this is you with all eyes closed, can I invite you to raise your hand? I want to pray for you. On site or even online, I want to pray for you. Is there anyone receiving Jesus for the first time? Father, I bless my friends receiving Jesus for the first time whether is it in the on-site or online space, may you fill them with your spirit. May you give them a new heart. Today, may you cleanse them from inside out, head to toe. Cleanse them by the blood of Christ so that they receive a new heart, a, your spirit in them to enter this covenant relationship with you, to love you and love the people around them. In Jesus' name we pray. you'd spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.